Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 71 of the podcast with a delightful pair of guests uh, hailing from New York uh, for this particular episode. That is the creative duo known as Jaeger Sloan, which is comprised of Doug Jaeger and Kristen Sloan. Uh, she likes to be called Sloan. She goes by Sloan. He, though, goes by Doug Yeager. So, as we like to do on 10,000 Hours, we have fun with names and mess that up a couple times. Yeah, it's one of our favorite pastimes where we don't, we don't really know what we're talking about and we make it uncomfortable for everyone involved uh, in true 10,000 Hours fashion. <laughs> but we did manage, despite that, to have an awesome combo. And it was about focus and when you need to shift focus and how to stay focused and the entire creative discussion that surrounds that. Yeah. They're a dope duo. If I may say, like, I think if for context, it's, it's worth checking out their site. It's just jaegersloan.com. We'll show notes that, um, those guys are really awesome. They've done some really cool work. In fact, uh, the work that initially drew me to them, how I found them probably a year or so ago, uh, was uh, some spots they did for Squarespace. And those are really cool. I definitely watched those. And I'm going to have to thank today's sponsor of the episode, Squarespace. <laughs> uh, Conveniently. <laughs> if you don't know, uh, you obviously haven't listened to the show before, but uh, Squarespace is basically a tool to help you uh, focus, if I may say so, Vince, focus on what you do and get the website stuff out of the way. Uh, they make it really easy to make a beautiful website, uh, fantastic product that I use for several projects of mine, several brands. I've created websites for a range of clients. And uh, in fact, 10khrs.co is built on Squarespace. So big ups to Squarespace. And if you're interested in trying that out, uh, use the offer code 10,000 hours. That's one zero four. No, wait, one, one, <laughs> one, I, I think one, one, I was saying one zero, but like one zero, 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 zero is what I was going to say. But there's the numbers were, were mixing me up. So there's one, one, four zeros, or it's one zero, 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 H O U R S. <laughs> Lawlessly executed as always, Grant. Thank you so much, Squarespace, for your sponsorship. Thank you, Jaeger Sloan, for joining us on episode 70. And thank you, listeners. Hope you enjoy. Focus. Ooh, episode 71, Vince. Ah! I'm great. <laughs> Lovely. I'm sensational. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Actually, wow, I'm being whoa. a little aggra- aggressive now. I'm, I'm like pretty good. Now. So, Vince. Dearest Can I Grant. call you Vince? Is it okay if I call you that? You actually haven't called me Vince very frequently. Yeah, no, what I've, relationship I've is friends. I've stuck almost religiously to a Vin or a Vinny. It's Vin or Vinny, yeah. Vincente, if I'm like, if I had a few. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, could you tell me, Vince, what are you putting your time into? What are you working on right now? Oh, that's a great question, Grant. Um, I was just out at a client all day today recording. That's uh, for a 
hearing aid company, and I like working with them. Uh, Recording like VO? Yeah, VO for a video. No, not me. There was actual talent in the booth, okay. and no talent outside the booth. Speaking very frankly, uh, no. But um, besides my nine to five keeping me busy, I've revisited a project with a friend. But a little application we're hoping to eventually break ground on. Uh, I can't share too much right now. We were on hiatus uh, over the summer, basically for no reason other than sheer laziness, but uh, we're back working on it again, and uh, it was a fun conversation we had over well, drinks tonight. And as always, Vince, I love hearing about these projects in the what you're working on and never seeing anything. And literally not once one ever. One time have I ever. If you checked out my company's website, you'd see the things okay. I work on, but... And that was me speeding off in the sunset because I was uncomfortable about yeah. the fact that you called me out on never seeing my personal projects. That said, you uh-huh. um, <laughs> that said you do uh, you avidly listen to my other podcast, which I won't mention here. Thank you for not mentioning it. Yeah, of course. I'm not, I'm not gonna let you plug that right now. Perfect. I've given you so many plugs in the past, like six to seven episodes. And you so disingenuously say I hate to plug it, but then every week you plug it. I don't know. That said, anyway. Grant, will you please return the favor sure, and answer man. me? Sure. What are you working on? Uh, let's see. Just jamming on a few things. I'm prepping. I'm doing a fun little photo shoot in a couple days here. And besides that, my main focus is I'm heading out to LA to shoot this um, uh, like cold open sequence for, I think I mentioned it last time, uh, Lachlan Patterson. It's his comedy special. Uh, super excited for that. But it's like a, it's like hard to like coordinate some stuff from here and you know you gotta be there to the week, coordinate the week before the storm it's the calm but it's you know, frenzied so speaking of motorcycles uh <laughs> our guests today have a bit of an icon a fun little gif slash video thing that i feel like they've evolved over the past few years since i've uh, been in touch with them and i think i first came into contact with this duo by way of and actually here's a connection to the show uh, a show called uh, Small Empires, which was uh, on the verge with Alexis Ohanian. Mm-hmm. If you'll remember, the one of the directors slash eventually I think executive producer Stephen Greenwood was uh, was part of that. And what was he episode like in the fifties, maybe? Yeah, he was late fifties. Yeah, awesome dude who's now doing uh, heading up some video stuff over at Reddit. But anyway, I was intrigued by that episode, and that is what prompted me to get in touch with these two. And specifically, I love some work they had done for Squarespace, some really dope 30-second spots. I feel like you would recognize. Maybe we'll show notes those. But without further ado, welcome to the show, uh, Jaeger Sloan, a.k.a. Sloan and Doug Jaeger. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Hey, guys. <laughs> and you're coming to us from New York City, yeah? Yeah, we're in the future. We I are. guess compared to... Yeah. Well, uh, an hour in the yeah, future. Is that a jab at the Midwest? <laughs> I don't think it was really a jab. I think Sloan's always thinking about the future. We're actually um, in the bowels of of New York City in Manhattan. We're we're between Chinatown and Tribeca in an area that really isn't named. Tribeco. Tribeco. It's like it's like you don't know if you're where you are. It's really strange. Wow, I'm pretty envious because I know exactly where I am, and it's it's pretty cool, but it's not as cool as Tribeco. I don't think. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us and for taking the time. Really excited to meet you. I heard a lot of good things through Grant, and I've sensed a lot of good things kind of ethereally. But 
more to the point, may I do the honors of asking you guys both, what have you been putting your time into recently? Um, that we're allowed to talk about? Preferably, yeah, well, um, yes. Well, preferably, no. Like, <laughs> give me the, the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I could talk like in a, in a really broad sense in that we are, um, we're working on a process for working with the smallest possible teams to, to deliver the, the most impact um, for companies that are doing really great things. And um, that's kind of what we're focusing a lot of our time on. And we're, we're working with a lot of CEOs and marketing directors of, of startup kind of companies or digital tech companies, companies that are sort of on the edge of people's understanding about what they're doing. And we're helping them communicate to the three sort of constituencies that um, we know how to help um, communicate to. So we work with communicating to, you know, the customers of a company. We work with talking to the employees of a company and the investor group of a company to help that company sort of um, figure out its vision and then develop programs or content that help make that vision happen. Yep. Getting it closer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that sound, or does that sound like totally crazy? No, it does. I think, I think that, that makes sense to me. I was able to follow it, which isn't necessarily okay, a condemnation or a... No, I think it's, it must have hit a, a low denominator if Vince was able to take along. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, it actually makes perfect sense. And it's interesting to hear that it's kind of a specific part of your mission, your ethos, and your discipline that you're focusing on because this week we're talking about focus and it's going to mean a lot of different things in the context of a conversation but I guess before we get too far down any one particular road I would like you guys and I think Grant will agree to just take a minute to talk about Jaeger Sloan and what your philosophy is and how you came to be and kind of what you guys stand for well that's a lot of questions in one, but so where were you? And also, where were you born? And favorite color? <laughs> uh, your astrology sign? Songs since two thousand five. Awesome, cool. All right, got it. Go. Um, Just tell us about so Yagerstone, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think we can maybe we'll mention a little bit about the start. So, because we're kind of like a unusual team uh, and we're trying to do things a little bit differently but how we're doing them differently is affected by where we started uh, I have like a really kind of strange background I guess for what we're doing now my previous life was as a ballet dancer with New York City Ballet but I was really always excited about technology uh, my dad is a commercial photographer and at some point those things kind of converged and I began experimenting with doing stuff on the web and doing video stuff uh, while I was having some injuries and that kind of sparked a new area of interest and a future career for me. Uh, and I, my kind of more administrative experience after my dance career was working at New York City Ballet within a nonprofit, which is its own special um, type of organization. Um, and then Doug's experience is also very varied and slightly unusual. I don't know if it's varied. I mean, uh, it's pretty consistent, I think. Okay. No? <laughs> no well, I, I mean, mean basically, go on, yeah. Go on. 
Um, before I get into talking about my background, I just want to talk about the focus that is required to be a ballet dancer. And one of the things that I love about having a partner like Sloan is that she is insanely focused and insanely disciplined in anything that she does. And I blame New York City Ballet for, <laughs> uh, for that rigor. Um, and that's all about focus. But my, my background, uh, I went to school for computer science and art. Uh, at Syracuse University and got involved in basically web design from the very beginning, started in like 1997, like when the internet, the dawn of the, the, internet. Dawn of the internet, I mean, when it was known to the public or colleges. And uh, I started working for advertising agencies, uh, J. Walter Thompson, which is the oldest ad agency in the world, and TBWA Shy Day, the ad agency that does Apple commercials and Nissan and whatnot. And I was very young. Uh, I knew a lot about computers and how to make things on screens blink and spin and do all kinds of stuff. And I got the opportunity to um, work with some pretty incredible brands at a very um, naive and young age. And uh, I was given a lot of authorship and I had uh, really great mentors that taught me how advertising works. Um, Yeah, I think also, and I wasn't there for this, so I don't know for sure, but just uh experiencing like who you are as a person now and how your brain works and trying to imagine what it might must have been uh back in those days when digital and advertising uh were kind of trying to yeah trying to hang out together um they they were dating slightly flirtatious (laughs) relationship not really committal It was really kind of funny in that, you know, I saw what was possible, you know, that what technology could do, but it was really, it was like pulling teeth to get someone, any like advertiser or brand to do something interesting using the internet and they didn't want to spend any money on it. And the people in advertising really didn't care about it. And it was really, really challenging. I became a translator uh, for how the internet could work or what the potential of it was. And I tried to get like brands that wanted to do new and crazy stuff to do stuff online. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had a similar parallel experience, except most people wouldn't think of it that way. Uh, But in the dance world, uh, you know, there, uh, there's a whole feeling around the only real experience for performing arts is to actually be live in a theater. So anything that isn't that, uh, you know, can potentially even take away from the meaning uh, an experience of, of um, being in a theater. So for me, coming in, trying to make video content and uh, actually get the product out there in a new way, it was, uh, there's a lot of resistance there. Sure. Uh, so and, um, and how long yeah. have you guys been around? Or been, I mean, uh, together? So our, <laughs> well, our, <laughs> five years, five yeah. years okay. in August. Backtrack, right. backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> Our company just turned five, and we've known each other for just over ten. Oh, wait, that's not true. It's almost eleven now. It's almost eleven. It's almost eleven years now. Cool. The time flies. Very cool. Well, yeah, your Sloan uh, is yeah, getting so, ready to head so off I, to kindergarten, and it's a very <laughs> pertinent time of year. That's uh, yeah, that's cool. I don't I don't mean to cut you off though. Continue with the Jaeger Sloan Jaeger Sloan story. Yeah. So so I was in advertising, and then I started a company which was called the Happy Corp uh, in about 2003, and I ran that for a while with a partner, and we built a team of crazy uh, talented designers that worked in every medium. So we worked in. Um, you know, events and branding and websites. We had a co-working space out of our office. We hosted lots of parties and events around New York City, secret parties at locations like the Museum of Modern Art, 
that's not varied at all. That's not a very well. That was a that was a just a weird <laughs> thing that we did. Uh, and then and then in two thousand eight two thousand nine, the economy happened, and all the clients that I had at my firm uh, were were in categories that really were hit hard. So I had a job board. Uh, that you know, no jobs. So a board doesn't have money to advertise. I had a, a, a resort, and people weren't doing much traveling. Uh, I had a, a pretty big, famous museum, and I did some work for them that became very controversial and caused some conflict between myself and the client. And the client decided that they didn't want to pay their bills, and a bunch of those factors together. Uh, made it so I had to shut down my company and take a job at an advertising agency. And I took that job for less than a year. And during that time, I had some soul searching about, you know, what what is life really about? And is it about, you know, working 10, 15 hour days and, you know, trying to please clients with creative ideas? Or is it about trying to design a life that has purpose and meaning? And from all the people and uh, that I've I've seen in the world that have done incredible things. It takes a really long time to learn a skill and find your purpose. And so um, when I turned about 33, I, I decided to start shifting my focus on how I would spend my time and my energy and what I would care about. And um, at, around that time, I think I started thinking about working with Sloan because uh, she was a really incredible, passionate, talented person. And she came from a very different background than I did. And I thought maybe if we had the opportunity to work together that, you know, something really cool could happen and that we could focus on, you know, working a different way than most advertising agencies or design agencies are taught to work. Uh, most of them are really compensated on models of, of inefficiency. They are, uh, they are designed to charge for hours. And if you're charging for hours, you're, you're actually, um, you benefit if you are slower at something. And, and Sloan and I both value efficiency as a team. And we wanted to think about uh, a, a company structure that would, that would value efficiency and, and that would value quality. And it, ca- it had, you know, for, for me, my upbringing inside advertising agencies, Sloan's upbringing at a ballet company, uh, when we start thinking together, we've, start, we've started to devise different kinds of strategies for um, how we might approach doing creative work that has purpose for um, the companies that we have the opportunity to work with. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, I'll start by saying fascinating background from both of you to create what I think is a pretty unique set of perspectives. Um, I am particularly interested because you kind of hit on two, the two halves of the coin, so to speak, of focus, at least from where I'm coming from. Because focus, by its definition, is the purposeful narrowing of a scope, right? And unfocused isn't always bad, and focused isn't always good, but we focus for a particular reason. And you guys mentioned two different parts of that idea, as far as I'm concerned. One is kind of inherent, where you're backgrounds and your pasts shape kind of the natural contour of this lens that you're focusing through. And the other half is a very specific and purposeful uh, curtailing of your viewpoint to focus on a specific part of a business or a specific approach to business. In your guys' perspective, that's efficiency, more or less. Yes or no? Hmm. <laughs> yes or no? No question. What's going on? Yeah, I feel like efficiency is definitely a part of it. 
I think this combination of speed and quality is also a part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I see that. Yeah. One of the things that we start to look at when you think about efficiency and quality is how you spend your time. And one of the things that we noticed when, when, what I noticed when I was working in these sort of big world-class ad agencies is that they, they make lots of meetings and they make lots of paperwork and they make lots of presentations. And one of the things that I think both of us have as, as people who are trained artists is that we want to be as close to the art as possible. And when you, when you put meetings and paperwork and, and proof and evidence and research and all these things in between yourself and, and the idea, I mean, at least from our perspective, it starts to feel um, really murky and, and inefficient. And so we've been working on approaches and processes that um, keep us as creative people and as artists closer to the work uh, while also making the, the, the process much faster uh, and, and more efficient for the people that we work with. Totally. totally. Okay. So this is why I was like interested in talking with you guys and, and especially interested in talking about this topic because this is something that's near and dear to me and very much a part of my approach. And I mean, even when I met you guys, like I think we riffed on this for quite some time because it's like, it is, and it, it, a lot of what we're talking about is at the intersection of art and business and creation and the processes around that. So I'm, I'm curious, though, what that actually breaks down uh, for you guys like right now, because, uh, you know, like like I mentioned, you know, last time we spoke, uh, I was going on a path maybe that is like an agency path, as in creating an agency, maybe not even going to work at them, but to create an agency to scale something up. And I realized, uh, like you were just talking about, I was getting further from the art and I wanted to be closest I was going to say closer. I wanted to be closest. I wanted to be right next to the art. And so that was one reason I sort of um, diverged from that path. And now I've realized and, and started to build and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, over time, like different focuses that I think feed each other as part of a system. So I guess I'm curious about your system right now. Like, what does that look like? What does your system of focuses look like? And how does that evolve? How do you guys check in with that? It's a good question. Do you, I mean, oh, yeah. What is the wow. method? Well, I think there's a couple things. So, is it delivered or does it I mean, there's, there's things that happen to us. I mean, so one of the things that we've, we've tried to do uh, is, is think about the space that we work in uh, and the spaces we're allowed to work in based on the type of infrastructure we have around us. And, you know, when you have a bunch of employees, uh, you have to have an office, and that office has to be open, that office has to have housekeeping, that office has to have garbage clean, that office has to have coffee. Uh, it has a lot of, um, what I would say, uh, just it needs a lot of support. And when we started this company, we wanted to sort of devise a strategy that would give us a lot more flexibility and even give us the ability to have an office space or a studio space that could, in fact, achieve a um, overhead zero type of a solution. And so we've designed a space, and the one that you were at, Grant, where the front of the space um, actually is, is rentable. And in the next month, uh, we are going to start offering the space that we've designed for uh, collaborative work sessions to other companies. And we, we ran a test online. We took some photos of the space. We put the specs of the space out there. And we, we put it up on some uh, rental websites for, you know, spaces. And 
if we were to have booked the spaces that um, that were interested, the uh, book the renters that were interested uh, for this month, our our rent would be free, and we would be out of our space uh, using different parts of Manhattan uh, to get our work done, and we would probably be totally fine and fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's one thing that we are focusing our energy on, which is how do we consciously use the space around us to um, like lower our overhead and increase our ability to take chances while giving ourselves the resources to experiment with our surroundings and stimulate ourselves creatively. Well, th- that's an interesting I- thing though. Like, sorry to cut you off, but I think about that too. And, and I was like living at my studio as well. And I think I was really intrigued by your setup. And it's like, it's sort of what you're getting at even with renting is a level of stability or like a level of some, some reliance or some sort of steadiness or um, recurring potential recurring without sacrificing your time and energy, like at least in minimal ways. So like, that's super interesting to me, but there is something about that, like about having some consistency that does free you up. I mean, that's like all of the infrastructure, even whether that's physical or whether that's system based. Yeah. We, I mean, we just had an experience where we went to San Francisco for two weeks and two different clients out there and we actually were conducting creative sessions with them out there and needed a space like our space. Our space is purpose-built for that type of work. And in order to recreate that scenario, uh, you know, we spent a lot of money renting these Airbnbs that would allow us to have this flexible work environment with an open workspace. And we brought an employee with us as well. And... You know, it was great, but at the same time, it was like we were paying so much money for these Airbnbs, and we were also paying for our space back home. And uh, it was just like, hey, <laughs> yeah. we we created this space to work specifically for this type of work, and we see more and more companies needing a space where they can get out of the you know the regular environment that they find themselves in and kind of take themselves out of the day to day, so they can think bigger picture about the future. Uh, and so we're trying to think of how we can offer that to other people while also giving ourselves more flexibility as a company. Yeah, part, part of it, you know, for us was thinking about, you know, there's a lot of creative people out there and a lot of amazing strategists out there that are doing amazing work. And they're doing amazing work for amazing companies. And to think of yourself only as a service business that can apply your own brains to a business is a limitation of, of what you can offer. And when we created the space that we created, we felt like um, it worked really well. And we had clients come in and work with us in the space and say, this is a really great space. This is amazing. And we even had some clients say, hey, what do you possibly for us to use this space? And so we started, you know, one day it just happened. I think it was the San Francisco trip where we're like, wait a minute. The space that we've created actually has value to other people besides us. Right. And, <laughs> and we wanted to ex- exist in San Francisco too. Yeah, and it could all it, it could help us um, actually achieve our vision, which is which is we want to help um, companies that are doing interesting things achieve their goals. And and it doesn't whether we help them or not. Yeah, whether it's us doing it with our hands, hands and minds and cameras and, and words or pictures, but just you know, can we create environments uh, where it's gonna occur and uh, it was an amazing sort of realization. And so over the summer, we hired a strategist to work for us and help us figure out 
uh, a plan to and and understand what some of the considerations might be for turning this space into something we'd share with other people. And so we're really excited uh, in the next month or so, depending on how busy our our service business is, we're gonna we're gonna be able to start offering it to to other people to use. And it's it's a really really exciting uh, transition for us because we're we're working on a project right now where uh, we're we're designing a, a workspace. Uh, and living space that is uh, in upstate New York. And that's a really, really exciting project for us. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think that not only is that just patently cool, it's just like a cool thing that you guys are doing, but it's a really good illustration of the fact that you're taking very active steps to kind of follow a specific vision or a focus, if you will, for the Jager Sloan brand. Uh, I do want to kind of explore, if you guys would be so gracious to share your opinions on it, the fact that this is, as you kind of touched on briefly, a limitation that you're imposing upon your own space. And you're doing it for a great reason, you're doing it for a very purposeful reason, you're doing it for a benefit not for yourself, but also for others. But it is in a very real sense a limitation, just like all focusing is. I would just like to know if you guys, through your now five-year history and maybe even longer predating that, uh, in, in creating Jaeger Sloan is such a focused brand, have you ever run into any hard decisions in terms of limitation, or has your focus ever shifted by necessity, maybe? Well, I would say we're in a constant pursuit of reevaluation. Um, even when we first started the company, because we have such different backgrounds, we, you know, we picked up on projects that came to us and worked through them and solved them. And after each one kind of said, Hey, how do we feel after doing this? Was this a great way to a fun way of spending our time or did it not feel so great? And should we not pursue that type of work anymore? And we actually did a number of different types of projects towards the beginning before we started to narrow down on 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 types of clients and then also types of work uh, that we enjoyed doing and that we felt we could actually make a really significant contribution ourselves. Because I think for anyone, when you're doing work, if you can actually make an impact in some way, uh, that really affects uh, what you take away from the experience as well. That, uh, that's interesting. Like, I, like if you're thinking about impact, we like I think about that a lot, especially as I've gone further along my path in terms of wh- like at what scale, like how many people can you influence in a positive way? What sort of change can you make? And sometimes I weigh that against this idea of focus because what you guys are talking about and and I think the way you are living to me is admirable because I think that uh, you do have a focus you have sort of a core self-aware focus and you're exploring that in different ways and you're exploring that in ways that are evolving and what that requires is uh, is facing what I would call like the flames like you're putting your face toward the flames it's like fear you're dancing with it consistently constantly over and over again, and that's super interesting to me. Um, but I guess where I where I sometimes freak out about that is like, am I just am I actually uh, I want to say diluting my focus by exploring multiple things in fear? And, and am I actually embracing? Or am I actually leaning into the fear in a bad way and and lessening the impact potential? You see what I'm saying? Whereas like mm. less focus, less niche, and more diluted. 
um, is that actually sometimes weaker? Is sometimes it's just something I struggle with. I'm not saying that even necessarily applies to you. But I guess, yeah, how important is that to you? I mean, you kind of are alluding at the impact bit, but but you're also alluding at this flexibility bit. I think these are the two things I'm talking about. And ultimately, to me, flexibility is incredibly important. And, and I think long-term, mm-hmm. it means more impact. That's at least the, the story I'm telling myself, but. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that we like to think about in terms of how we spend our time, and we every day realize that there's, the time is, is a really, really important uh, commodity is that we work with um, founders of companies, CEOs of companies, and marketing directors of companies. And then occasionally uh, we interface with their support staff to get things done. And, you know, for a, a two-person team with uh, a bunch of collaborators that we work with, for, for us to engage at that high level at, you know, companies at the scale of a Squarespace or companies at the a scale of a, of a MakeSpace or a Foursquare or the companies that we work with, um, we actually um, adopt the scale of those companies and in the influence and the work that we create. And for us, that becomes a really, really efficient way of, of scaling uh, our contribution. Uh, it's, it's um, you know, if we, if we decided to grow our company to, you know, 30 people and, and those 30 people were interfacing with people that were not the CEOs and founders of companies, um, it would just mean there were a lot more conversations happening. But the way we choose to operate our business, how we're able to um, offer value to companies, we um, zero in. <laughs> we zero in on the people that can make the most change for those organizations. Yeah. And that's dope. That's it, a dope um, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, it's 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 hard too. Well, yeah, I would say also in respect to what you're talking about before flexibility versus like having a niche or a specific focus. I'd say we're trying to focus on figuring out a operational structure and system that allows us to have the most flexibility and the most speed. Uh, so by having a setup where we don't have a lot of overhead and that that's a you know that's a space that we're wholly responsible for all the time. That's employees that we're responsible for. Uh, keeping encouraged and engaged and fed and all of that um, by lightening all of these things around us it means we can actually move faster and do more and be more flexible and help with more projects and so the type of work that we've been doing now which are these brand sprint sessions we're actually taking just essential people to be able to make really big decisions and putting them all in a room together and getting them all to focus on the future of their company for a concentrated period of time. I don't think you properly introduced Brands Prince, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. And we were talking about it a little bit before. Yeah, so one of the things that we've been doing as a, as a company has been to, um, to uh, take as an argument to our process a problem a company has been having. And then we develop a custom team and uh, a series of events that will hopefully uh, solve the problem that uh, the, the the organization is having. And what it does for us is um, it it creates a certain time with which we can focus on things. Well, it's we, a pressure cooker. It's a pressure cooker <laughs> in a sense, right? And, and, and hackathons and and you know and, and brand sprints and all this kinds of stuff. It's very of the now in terms of what's happening um, out there in the market, right? Clients want to get more 
uh, in less time. And so uh, agencies are having to figure out new strategies for delivering this speed while also uh, delivering quality. And we've been doing it for about two and a half years now. And this sort of pressure cooker model where you bring together decision makers in a room and then you have a team of people prototyping solutions and then you're evaluating, you know, work that is close to done in real time, in real time, it actually feels kind of like magic. And we've been able to create uh, the space that we work in and a set of tools and then teams of people that we can bring in depending on the challenges we're having. And uh, it's been really kind of incredible. The challenges we're solving, you mean? Yeah, the challenges we're solving are are really interesting. You know, it's like um, people are launching new products and having to rename their company and uh, do all kinds of different things. And we're able to put together teams that can do that at a high level of skill. And uh, And it sounds like you guys are able to do that because you've got a extremely focused brand philosophy that has basically engineered a system in which this tactic can be successful. Your philosophy feeds this particular execution and this style of problem solving is only enabled by your focus, uh, which I think personally is really cool. Grant, I know you, you have a, a personal thing that you also do, and I've been a part of it that's not wholly dissimilar. It might be born of maybe different thinking, but um, this sort of like concentrated heavy, hyper-focused moments yeah, of work. Yeah, and we'd use the term like deep dive instead of sprint, but it's like it, it's like running underwater too. I mean, you're still right. It's the same thing. I mean, well, excuse me, the same thing. It's the same philosophy, I think, at least at the underlying core. But I've been, yeah, I've been doing those probably like three years with you, Vince. I mean, you've been in most of them. Mostly, I think, at a, at a much smaller scale than, than you guys, but certainly with the same idea of bringing together a really talented team around a specific problem or task and then mm-hmm. attacking it and attacking it from multiple angles and uh, evaluating it as we go and leaving that day, which is typically just a full day is what we do with it. And maybe we would circle back with like a, a micro team after that, but uh, leaving mm-hmm. that day with really actionable slash, you know, options, slash, a lot of naming yeah. projects are, are done that way, I would say. We've named, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and the cool thing about that is I will say uh, for Vince, you've been a part of probably four or five naming engagements. I would say a yeah. lot of the names that are generated in those because it's such talented people and we're so focused. Uh, we've just got like, oh God, I wanted, I didn't want to say plethora, but it was the first word that was coming to mind. But we, we do sort <laughs> of have a, a grab bag of additional names that end up becoming other things. Like the name of my production company, uh, High Quality, uh, H-I-G-H-Q-L-T-Y, was originally born of a marijuana technology startup. It was a rejected name. Yes. But right. then it was so good, we had, to, we had to stick with it. Yeah, exactly. But the, yeah, and the, the, the underlying point, of course, is that when you bring a bunch of people together with the core goal of being hyper-focused on solving a problem over a determinate amount of time, really cool and productive things can happen and with even with agencies or with clients or with whatever i mean i guess this isn't like a new model but i was talking to somebody from an agency tonight we were having drinks and we were talking about like freelancers and when you bring in specialists etc etc and i was like i was like oh well the nice thing is like all of my clients i'm like like they get me at my best constantly because i come in for like limited runs and it's a specific project 
and I'm literally always at my best for them. And that's like a, a great place to operate at. I, and I think it sounds like you guys yeah. are similar minded. Like you'd rather be focused and be operating at a high level constantly, even if it's scarier and if it's maybe more difficult at times. Mm -hmm. That's totally true. That's like the worst feeling when it's like you're working on a bunch of different things and they all need attention. And then it's like, well, you can only give so much time to each thing and your brain is totally split and you don't have time to really like get in there and like have your whole, exactly what you said, your best self committed to it for enough of a time that you can go through a whole process and, and come up with something really great. Uh, and so it's definitely, that's such a huge part of it. Um, and that's also part of why for, for Doug and me trying to keep the company as small as possible so that everything that our company does, we're actually touching and, and working on. Um, that's really important to us. Um, and another thing I was going to mention, which is interesting because you're making content, lots of content as well. And this was kind of the way our company operates currently is really just an extension of how uh, content creation happens. It's like when you think of when a movie happens, it's not like there's all these people that are employees of companies and then they uh, decide like they're going to make a movie. It's like you bring together the best people for exactly whatever the movie is trying to express. And you put together this dream team for a period of time and they make this great thing. And then they all expand. And when they're working on your project, they're totally committed to it. And totally. their head is in the game. Exactly. Uh, so it's, I liken it to the wolf uh, in Pulp Fiction. I say like, <laughs> I'd much rather be that guy. <laughs> You know, yeah. and, and I think actually what Vince was was talking about efficiency before. I think he meant it in the highest order, which is I think your pursuit. It's the highest order. It's really the best. It, it's not. It's efficiency to the best, not efficiency to maximizing uh, productivity necessarily or quantity. Right. But how can right. we achieve the very best using the least amount of resources or mm, etc. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that to or me or in the like, fastest time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's like beautiful. Like that is the most beautiful. <laughs> so Grant, it's and awesome. Other, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say one other thing that that we believe is if uh, if a company is trying to do something and they have an idea and they want to make it happen, the longer it takes for it to actually get out there, like the less they can actually use it. Um, so it's another reason why we feel like the, well, the, the faster the more we the circumstances can change, the more the market, everything starts changing. Right. Less relevant. Yeah. hundred yeah. um, percent. Grant, it's funny that you mentioned the wolf, the wolf yeah. from the, from Pulp Fiction. First of all, one of my favorite movies, but that's an aside. I'm curious to ask, and I'm kind of cheating because I know the answer in a vague sense from our pre-recordings talking to each other, but do you guys fulfill different roles within your partnership in terms of focus? Yes and no. There is a lot of overlap, and then there's areas where we go off in different directions. Do you want to expand on that, Doug? Yeah, you're so PC sometimes. I love it. She's not willing to say. <laughs> so um, the way I my uh, brain works is it's uh I, I it's a jumble and i'm always thinking about different things and pulling different things together um but i'm also good i think it's stepping back and looking at the the big picture and and trying to think more more broadly and 
Um, Sloan is really great at um, finding order and chaos and then also, uh, you know, being very focused on detail and making sure that things are, are very, very precise. Uh, she's also, you know, really great at um, a lot of things, just uh, <laughs> like uh, oh, editing. <laughs> editing. She's like an amazing editor and, uh, you know, we'll have all this random footage and she'll be able to find a piece of music and find some visuals and create a mood that's the beginning of a story. But something we've been talking about, you know, for a while, she'll be able to just bring that into something into focus very, very quickly. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I am a, a tinker and I, I am able to uh, tape things together and make things uh, work that shouldn't work. And you're um, not afraid to blow stuff up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm really into breaking things, uh, driving things, carrying things, holding things, uh, figuring out new technology. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an experimenter. Um, and so I think we, we both sort of, uh, you know, work on both sides. And when things come together, there's often a little bit of new, a little bit of safe, a little bit of... Um, all the things you need, I think, for, for making something interesting, which is, I think, what our desire is, is to create things that are interesting, that help uh, the people that we're working with. Well, that's, that's cool. It's great that you guys are candid about it. And I also think it's a really great illustration of the fact that when we talk about a focus and a hyper-focus, it's not necessarily some altruistic end game. Focus is good. Non-focus is bad. In reality, you need absolutely both parts you need moments of unfocus and just pure ingestation and open-minded thinking and then you also not to say that focus involves closed-minded thinking but you definitely need to limit yourself if you want to apply the like resources you've consumed uh, efficiently and productively yeah i mean having constraints actually a lot of times helps with creativity even so much. We we that both the, did the, like the hallelujah arms because it like constraints breed creativity is something we herald on very many episodes of the show and and, and that is exactly uh, what we're talking about with a deep dive with a brand sprint with a th- anything I mean it's a yeah, pressure cooker pressure cookers are fun <laughs> <laughs> and mean, they're useful <laughs> most importantly they're useful they they well they're yeah well yeah I guess most importantly they're d- fun depending on whose perspective but most importantly well, you know what it is I think it's sort of like um an ADD mindset and it's like when you you just want things to be interesting I mean I think that's why I would gamble ever you know you right. want something at stake you want something you want the game to be afoot you know it's just, I think it's a competitive nature too probably and that gives mm-hmm. you like especially in in a sort of like confusing weirdly like hard to figure out sometimes because it's maybe not figure out a bull uh, creative world it's like constraints like that give you kind of a game within it because it, it's not an organized sport so like you know mm-hmm. it focuses that energy yeah and then you can see that your effort actually mattered mm-hmm. uh, even if it's within you know there's a single day where these things need to happen and you got from one point to another point um, it's progress Totally. Progress is exciting. It is. <laughs> progress is exciting. Straights can be exciting. I, I mean, progress, especially when you're going to A to B, Vin, it's... It's almost as if you are trying to get from a single destination to a second separate destination. How did you get there? And there's a And there's a lot of different ways in which you can get there. And the, the choice is its own constraint. 
Wait, what are we? What are we? Ta- are we getting unfocused what? suddenly? What? Is it? Could it be? Uh. We're talking about this week's off-topic topic, which is our chance to unfocus. Not that our show isn't completely unfocused as it is, because it is, but to specifically unfocus and talk about something not particularly germane to the topic at hand. And this week, we're talking about public transportation, all the different convenient and inconvenient ways to get from A to B. You guys are living in NYC, the city of public transportation internationally. Mecca. What do you guys think of it? And just share your broad thoughts, if you will. Okay. Um, well, one thing, we we designed a studio space that is a live-work studio space for the purpose of eliminating the commute because even walking in this city is uh, really strangely dangerous. Like, I feel like... With every improvement that they make in terms of what is available as an option for people to move around, things seem to just get, like, a little more dangerous. I mean, City Bike is a fantastic service. It has completely changed the way you can use this city. But it has now created a swarm of people on bikes who have no sense of what direction the road goes in or um, whether or not they're supposed to stop for a pedestrian or yell at them. Uh, you know, Uber is fantastic. Uber is a really amazing, uh, it's amazing for, you know, just as a, as a rider of it, of a system, but I think it's equally as amazing for the people that are employed, uh, through its software. I mean, I try to spend time talking to Uber drivers just asking them what it's like. And the first thing out of every one of their mouths is how amazing the flexibility is that they can work and not work at, you know, at the click of a button. Yeah. Just turn it on. Just turn it on. It's so amazing. And it's, you know, it's frustrating when you see the car not getting close to you because they went the wrong direction and it's taking longer. Yeah. I think it's just a factor of getting used to a convenience. And when it works perfectly, it's amazing. But when it doesn't, you get frustrated. Um, the subway is still the most powerful way of getting around. It's the fastest if you know how to use the system. But I also think it's cool, like companies like Uber coming in and pushing things so drastically in a new direction. And... Yeah in some sense, forcing other traditional modes of transportation to modernize. To adjust. adjust. Oh, my goodness. There's a really cool service that just came out. Sorry to interrupt, but it's called Lux. Have you guys heard of this? I'm not familiar. It's it's virtual valet. So we have a, you know, we're a production company, hybrid creative studio, and we have a production vehicle. And we haven't used the service yet. I just signed up for it today. But when you leave your wherever you are with your car and you're headed towards a destination, you say where you where you want to leave your car off. And a person greets you on the street, takes your car, and parks it someplace, not, in a, not on the street, in a secure parking lot. And then when you're ready to go to your next location, they drive, drive that car up to you and meet you and, and continue going. And they just charge you for... Uh, the hours your car is parked, and then for the, the, the transportation distance between the parking area and uh, the pickup location. It's That's interesting. And I, I do feel like sometimes, though, okay, so certainly interesting, might be effective, might be amazing. It is like as we go further and further down this like technology landscape of eliminating all inconvenience and, and like maximi- hyper-maximizing, I'm like, I am sometimes scared of like the serendipity that happens in the spaces between, 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> like It's like we, we don't go to the grocery store anymore. But you have, have too have much control. I mean, I mean we it, need it, it, the problem is, I, I thought, well, the problem, but it, it is an element of like, you have so much control over everything that it eliminates all possible, like, other things. I, I don't know. But that's is it. This a, is this a classic argument of the, you know, inherent worth of struggle, Grant? Is it that <laughs> the food tastes better when no, you no, grow no, no, it? No, 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 no. It actually isn't. I, I, here's what I think it is. Here's what I think it is. I think even, like, mm, I think they're, let, let's just put it in terms of, like, music. Because... Okay, so let's just say I stick to one service, and this this has happened to me where I only listen to one service or one thing, and it eliminates the serendipity. It eliminates like my, and so I guess that that involves like opening yourself up to it. But I think what I'm saying is we start to create an environment where it, that's not encouraged at all, and you are encouraged to control, 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 and then now all of your—it's just like I mean, it's like Netflix. It's like the amount of time. I mean, we could. Go you no, you make a really there. good. You make yeah. a great point, and I maybe this will spark some conversation among Doug and Sloan. But like, for instance, I hate taking the bus. I despise it actually, and I'm the biggest Uber advocate you could ever find in the whole world. Sure. But I have so many great, legitimately nostalgic, fun, like. Bus slightly scary, slightly scary, but mostly entertaining bus trips yeah. that I talk about still to this day, exactly. and I don't have those anymore. Those are gone from my life. Exactly. For so better or worse. You don't, it, I mean, <laughs> let's just say it's like the reverse of the Steve Jobs argument about the consumer doesn't know what they d- want. Like, you think you want the nice experience, but maybe you don't. And, and this is what, okay, when I was in New York last week with David Sherry, friend of the show, episode 39... That sounds 42. about right. I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> from death to stock, uh, I was staying at an Airbnb with him. Of course, okay, so we have the Airbnb, this controlled environment too. But but uh, we, he was like, oh yeah, let's just take an Uber. And I was like, oh, I, I never ever take Ubers in New York City because it's like so fucking interesting to me because I'm not there that often. I'm there like two, three times a year maybe. And it's like when I'm there, I just want to be in it. And I was like, no, no, like navigating the subway system is like – pretty easy but it's still like a form of an adventure and like you're engaged you're now engaged in that activity so what i'm saying is we are like sanitizing ourselves when okay i click the button the uber arrives we get in we go to the next location we're sanitizing the experience between a and b and i'm not even saying like hard work is good for you it's just like you're losing out on uh, what is perceived as a dirty experience and is like fucking a gold mine for all sorts of x which is X represents all good. (laughs) The curiosity part of the creative equation, right? That's why you go the different way. That's why you turn left instead of right because you want to see something new. And I think that's why Uber invented Uber Pool, right? You could could get in a car and someone else is in there and you don't know who they are and you have a very intimate conversation with some other or two other people going to the same place you are. And the thing you have in common is the place you start and the place you're going, sort of. That Okay, um, this is true, but that is also idealized because, okay, for me at least, because the irony is uh, I use Uberpool especially in L.A. because everything's so far away. But, like, uh, because the trips are so long, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to – I can't invest in a new relationship right now. Yeah, but this is exactly <laughs> – this is exactly the, the crux of the conversation, though, because – I don't think you're wrong in saying, and sometimes I do take the bus, and sometimes I do walk, and sometimes I do 
Hail Cab. Variety is the spice of life. Exactly. <laughs> it is great. I'm glad that there's an opportunity that when I truly just do not feel like putting up with the bullshit of the six line, I can jump in an Uber <laughs> and pay $5.74 and get home in 10 minutes. Like, that is nice. And the fact that we can, I think, selectively, and it's coming from a place of severe privilege, by the way, the selectively take public transportation of lesser modes, quote unquote, makes the experiences we have on them probably even better because we can only opt in when we want to opt ah, in. That's an intriguing point. So, okay, to, to, to summarize my opinions on, on public transportation, uh, when it's good, like, I generally am a huge fan. I really don't like driving. Hate it. I avoid it at most costs. And so I really appreciate New York in general. And otherwise, like, I really do like walking quite a bit because it's like, to me, that's a, like, driving is a very engaged experience unless it's, like, no traffic and I have music or something. But I, I like a, I like an experience like a walk where I can, I can, like, I'm somewhat engaged, but I'm also engaged in the head, in the head brain there, as they call it. Plus, plus physical activity, Ooh. fresh air. You know, mm. they're kind of uh, true, true, true. hard to come by. <laughs> totally. That's like, I mean, yoga to me, that's the overlap. And maybe this is a good segue back in is uh, thinking about focus. And I, I mean, what to me, the big thing about that stuff is, or <laughs> the big thing, one, one element that is especially helpful when I think about focus is overlapping focuses or focus eye, foci, foci. Fachi? All of those, I think, are applicable in the English language. That's my blanket statement as a copywriter. Thank you, Vince. Yeah, you're a, you're a hell of a writer. <laughs> Please, go to his website, vincentrepeat.com. Hire oh, this guy. Get him. Wow. <laughs> okay, right. so, but the point is, like, overlapping, overlapping interests and focuses, uh, like, help you kind of maximize time, too, or maximize energy. So, I'm curious... It, to lead back in a little bit is like with you guys is like how does that apply to you are you overlapping things or or where does that fall into play i would say we end up finding that almost everything we do overlaps in some way but i don't know that we're necessarily deliberate about it we just kind of discover it and what would be an example of that <laughs> The, the overlapping of focuses? Is that what you, you're trying to get to? Is that what you're trying, well, like, trying to give me time to think of the answer while you uh, delay? <laughs> is, that, is that how it works? Is that what's happening? No. Well, I mean, this, well, I was just thinking about organic. You were kind of getting at that. Like, the idea of, or, this is what we were talking about, sterilization, organic. Like, you have some structure, but then you leave space for discovery and for freedom. Tell me about the overlaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for for us, you know, we strangely, like, I know Adobe Illustrator really well. Sloan does not. But I think that Sloan is a better designer. Ooh. So how does that work? I know the tools. She has better insights and answers to what's going to look, look good. Um so the, the overlap is is that better design exists between us, not by us individually. Because if you get if Sloan is working in Illustrator trying to make a logo, <laughs> it's gonna not look very good because she doesn't know how to use the tool. I know how to use the tool really, really well, but I could make three or four designs and maybe not be able to tell which one is the best. And so when we work together, there's sort of this um, this opportunity for for excellence. 
I mean, that's one. That's just an easy example, I guess. Synergy. But it's a great example. I honestly, I think that it was it was brilliant in in its simplicity because it illustrates like one of the main tenets of focus is that the more eyes you have on a on a particular point, the more overall the, the stronger the focus becomes. I would like to focus and channel this conversation into two kind of very pinpoint questions that will summarize what I think I'll, I'll speak out of turn and say a great conversation so far. Had a really good time. I will ask these two questions and if you guys could answer them in order, that would be great. Uh, the oh, first God. one is how can our listeners support you guys? And secondly, if you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you have that be? Sorry, what was the first one? If our listeners could support you, what would you have them do? Oh man, these are oh hard man, these questions. are tough questions. So, um, who are your listeners? Can you tell me a little about who they okay, are? Okay, so there's Jake in Cincinnati. He's I listen, and then Grant listens, and that's the three of us. No, no, they're. I mean, they're they're people just like you and I. They're creative minded, and they. Uh, they want to help you guys do what you do. So this okay. is a self-serving oh. part of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Just like how can they get engaged with you guys or, you know, I mean, maybe your website, maybe some things. Instagram. Yeah, I mean, we're we're both on Instagram <laughs> by our own name. My name is Doug Yeager and her name is Kristen Sloan. We'll show and, that. and you guys are great follows. I mean, I'll give a, a genuine plug. Like, I really like your photos, especially, <laughs> especially when you guys are traveling. I'm like, damn. And the food. Like, uh, some top-notch food. That's one of the things that we... Yeah, this is another part of the philosophy. That's another part of the philosophy is actually making sure that everyone that is in our immediate area gets fed really well and they love what they're eating. Um, but I think, like, in terms of support, like, if we ever... If there's ever anything written about us out there on the blogs or whatever, just be nice, please. <laughs> um, it seems like sometimes we make stuff and then people are, like, really mean and we're like, oh, that sucks. Why are they so mean? That's human nature. They have no idea how hard it was to do I'm this. Because I'm jealous. Or- I get on there with that anonymous account every time. No, that's uh, awesome, though. Yeah. If you, if you run mean- into you, be cool. Just be cool. Online. Just be cool. Be nice. Understand yeah. that we're working hard and... Be cool. And then not, not every can not everything you're seeing is the complete intention, but the result of many intentions that are mostly good and we're just trying to help. Um, and then what was the second question? Well, first of all, great answer to the first question. But yes, the second question the second is one. if you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time in the show, kind of like a summary of your thoughts, a bottom line, a takeaway, if you will, what would you want that to be? We're not ready for question two yet. We're still on question one. Um, I just want to know what it was, just to what? make sure we didn't overlap. <laughs> oh, okay. I got okie ducked. That's nice. <laughs> well played, sir. I don't know. I mean, and Sloan didn't say anything about how, how can we have, Sloan, you need a lot of help. Oh, you know what? If you're a project manager and you are really, really good at, and want to work on lots of diverse projects and yeah. you are potentially uh, from New York City or relocating here, uh, we would like to add you to our tripod. Uh, we are looking for a full-time person to um, operate uh, all the wonderful things that we're doing. And um, that's something we're looking for is we need someone to be part of our team. Uh, we're, we're, and also if you're a, um, if you're a freelancer in graphic design, filmmaking, any of that kind of stuff, and, and you come through New York city and you 
would like the potential of collaborating with us, we are always looking for new people to add to our team. Uh, we are, are going to be launching a program called Gang because we're starting a motorcycle gang, but without actual motorcycles because they're dangerous. Um, but we're, we're going to start uh, figuring out ways of getting the people that have worked for us. Now upwards of 200 different people have worked with us. Um, since we started the company, we're trying to figure out ways of getting them together and getting them connected so they can uh, work on projects together without us sometimes. What does one need know. to do to join the gang? Is there any sort of ritual sacrifice? An initiation of sorts. Well, we're... Um, as part of our like five year celebration during the month of September, we're going to be launching a section of our website called Gang, and and basically it's just going to be a simple Google group to start um, that we're, we'll, we'll do like emails and quarterly events and stuff. So um, I would say stay tuned to our website, and there'll be information there. Um, and then the second, I think that's is that good for first question? That's I think we totally sensational. Yeah, I don't think. I've ever had anyone like robust answer. actually answer with like a potential to join your team. That's a that's a great answer. I'm in. I thank you for the invite. And so when should I get out there? Well, well okay, we'll coordinate <laughs> off there. Sounds good, guys. Yeah, we can figure that out. And then um, the second question: good food, flexible hours. Yeah. <laughs> nice little mini. Oh, 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 so, 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 um, The thing that I think uh, we've been like learning about that I think that everyone should consider is um, you only have a limited amount of time and you know in that time you should probably you know do the best work you can be the nicest to everyone you can uh, and and eat the best food you can but don't eat too much of it and exercise be excellent to each other. Yeah, and as they would say, um, you know, uh, from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, be excellent to each other. So that's, no, I think what you said... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, please. please. You, I was just going to bask in the glory I'm of that statement, so continue. Give me more bask material. <laughs> um, I was just going to reiterate what, what Doug said, which is so important, um, which is just like kind of constantly reevaluating and checking in on how you're actually spending your time because there is so little of it. Uh, and like with everything that exists today, it's amazing the flexibility and what you can do on your own without having to uh, go to college or like the education that exists online, um, the ability to connect with other people no matter where they're at and uh, you know, share sensibilities and like have the same philosophy and do things together. There's so much potential. Um, and so just, yeah, constantly looking at how you're spending the time and your time and what you can do with it. I'm like squirming. I'm, squir I'm squirming in my seat over here. Cause like every, every nerve ending is saying, all right, Grant, just be cool. Let's end the show. But he agrees with so vehemently. With, I really do. Like, I mean, I'm not plugging this, but like I did a TEDx talk like a few months ago called Stuff Worth Doing. And it was like very much about time and what we spend it on. And ultimately, like what's worth doing to you and deciding on that. You guys are, you guys are preaching my language and I'm, I'm, you're, I'm you're, bowing right now. I, I want to yell a testify and an amen. And you guys, you're really hitting on not only a lot of things that we hold near and dear to ourselves and our own philosophy, but good points in, in terms of focus and that understanding what means something to you is its own form of focus and it can create 
more valuable experiences for yourself and for whatever projects you're doing. So on behalf of us and our listeners, thank you so much. It's been a great episode and some great summarizing thoughts, but I would like to ask one more thing of you, and I'm going to try to do this correctly because I usually don't. You really do. We say the okay. words ship it because, because that's our own personal mantra. And it's like, uh, if it is, doesn't ship, it isn't art. And getting things done is the most important thing at the end of the day. So if you guys, uh, in your own way, but by saying the words ship it, want to send us out. Convoluted. It was so direct yet yeah, weirdly convoluted. <laughs> oh, so you want, you want us to ship it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't ship it, no one can experience it. That's right. Yeah. We got two great shipments. All right. We're good. Ship it? <laughs> what? <laughs> ship it?